0: Well, we have two weeks left in our foundation series, and today uh, it's just so powerful to be up here with my wife and, and to do that with you. Thank you for praying with us, because today we're talking about community, and we're talking about being a community, specifically a Jesus-centered community. I remember my first real experience with this thought of church being a community. It was with my first boss, Pastor Mike Mead, back in 2004, 2005, and we're in Spokane, and, and he would tell us that we're better together. Now, I'm not so sure I believed him at first, that we were better together. I mean, have you met a person before? Like, ah. (laughs) But Pastor Mike, he he would teach me the value of being a part of this Jesus-centered community. And 17 years later, I finally believe he was right. He was right. He was right. Pastor Mike, if you're watching this, I know you're not. But I just want you to hear this. You were right. You were right. We're better together. Again, just the last couple of weeks, so many difficult things happening. But I'm thankful, and I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that I haven't had to go through any of it alone. Right? None of it alone. Just like at InterVarsity uh, on the campus, I didn't have to walk through my gambling addiction alone. We're not having to walk through uh, this season alone. Again, just so thankful for the community that God has brought me into here at LifeSpring Foursquare. Today's sermon, uh, listen to this, I'm going to give you three ingredients to a healthy Jesus-centered community. Three ingredients. By the way, if you ever hear a pastor say the three ingredients or the three ways or the three steps, uh, there's more than that. More steps than that, right? Just just laugh out loud. If he ever says the three ingredients, you're like, no, whatever. There's probably four or five, at least five ingredients, right, to a healthy community. Just hear me out. You know why I'm doing three? So that we can all eat lunch. (laughs) Thank me later. We're doing three. So, also, take notes. If you don't take notes, try taking notes. If for no other reason that it keeps you awake. You're not going to fall asleep, right? If you fall asleep taking notes, then we just know the sermon is an all-time low. But just give it a shot. Write some of this stuff down. So, here we go. Number one, in a Jesus-centered community, we show up. We show up. If you want to be a part of a Jesus-centered community, first step to that is you've got to show up. You can't be in community by yourself. Have you ever tried? I mean, if if you're having a party, but the only people you invite are me, myself, and I, that's called a me party, but that's not community. I I looked up the word community this week, actually. Here it is. It's a group of people that are living in the same place. Or a group of people who have a particular characteristic in common. You might want to write that down. A community is a group of people having a particular characteristic in common. Oh, what that might be for us as a church where Jesus is everything. Right? That's our characteristic. We have something in common, don't we? And his name is Jesus. Jesus. We believe in Jesus. Not only do we believe in Jesus like we believe that the sky is blue or that cotton candy tastes amazing. No, we believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior and the only one who can give us eternal life. Anybody else believe in Jesus? Hallelujah. And so here we are in a community of Jesus followers. But to be that community, you've got to show up. You've got to show up. Spring, I I don't know if you knew this. I hope you're hearing me today. This is really important that you hear all this. Please don't miss it. But it is such a big deal when you show up. You matter so much to God. You matter so much to me and my wife. You matter so much to those around you. Did any? This is a dangerous question to ask. But did anyone miss me while I was gone? A couple of you did. The rest of you, we can talk later. But come on, right? It's just not the same when one of us is missing. When you're not here, I miss you. That includes you that are watching online. Thank you so much that you're joining us, whether it's on Facebook, on our website. Uh, We love that you're joining us. In fact, if you're on right now, would you just type in and say, I'm here, or or, I'm I'm with you. Just whatever you can do to let us know that you're a part of this. Because we miss you. We, We love you. And when you join us on Facebook, it matters. Facebook. There you are. You matter to us. Thank you for joining us. Think of it this way. Have you ever taught a Bible study before? Or have you ever helped volunteer? Ever volunteer at a church? Uh, VBS. We just did one of those. Movie night. We're having the backpack drive. Isn't it exciting when people start showing up? Don't you get excited when people start pulling up? Or when you host a life group? How many has ever like hosted a small group, life group, anything? Let me see your hands. Right? Isn't it exciting when people start knocking on the door? You're like, honey, get the cheese dip ready. They're coming. you got to have cheese dip at your life group. It's not a life group without the cheese dip. Right? You're, You're welcoming other human beings into your living space, into your living room. That feeling is awesome. But that feeling, again, only happens when what? When you choose to show up. I think the devil works overtime in this area. He tries to convince us that we shouldn't show up, right? So many reasons why we don't show up. My back hurts. My head hurts. Work is crazy. My kids are crazy. My house is a mess. Life is a mess. This world is a mess. I think I'm just going to stay home. So many excuses for why we don't show up, and yet the Bible encourages us. Look at this. Hebrews 10, 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. I love what Mary said earlier about loving one another. In verse 25, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Some people have given up. Some people have given up. Maybe you've thought about giving up, but then you're like, but that's not who I am, right? Right. That's not who I am. Church, we've got to remember who we are. Who are we? We're followers of Jesus. We're a part of the body of Christ. We're followers of the risen Lord. And we're a part of His body. We're a part of His church. Which means if you're a part of His church, you're going to meet even more as that day approaches. Jesus hasn't given up on His church, and neither should we. And I get it. Church can be messy. It can be a place of great hurt, great wounding. But the church is also this beautiful place of forgiveness, of reconciliation, of healing, and freedom and life and love. But the first step to experiencing all of that is you got to show up. You got to show up. I want you to hear this. When you show up, when you show up, it's so encouraging to those around you. You make people happy. When you Walk through those doors. Those doors, right there. I'm talking about those doors. When you walk through those doors, you make the people around you so happy. They're so glad when they walk. When you walk in, you just light up the room. People are so happy. Oh, they're here. They're here. Do you know how encouraging it is to your teacher when the teacher is doing a next level class and you show up? It's so encouraging. You know how encouraging it is to that young married couple that are saying, You know, I think we want to host the life group. And you show up to their life group. Do you know how encouraging it is for that sick person when they're struggling with an illness and you show up with that hot meal that you just prepared? When you enter the room, things get better. Do you know why? Because you've got Jesus. And because of Jesus in you, you always make things better. Oh, come on, it's your smile, it's your laugh, it's your hug, it's your handshake, it's your tears, it's your compassion, it's your care, your concern, that you as a born-again believer in Jesus, you have Jesus living inside of you, and your presence means so much to those around you. By the way, I just want you to hear this, showing up doesn't mean you have to have perfect attendance, it doesn't mean you have to serve at every event, right? Right? freedom on that someone apologized a couple of weeks ago they said pastor i'm just so sorry i haven't been to church in a long time grace grace oh my god i do not have a clipboard taking attendance you know what i cared about in that moment do you know what i thought about in that moment was that i saw you and you saw me you know how happy i was to spend that time with you we were worshiping the lord together and then I also get it, like this is a crazy season, and with all the COVID stuff, some of you don't feel comfortable being here. If you don't feel comfortable being here, and you're joining us online, grace, I'm so happy you are with us. Grace, grace, grace. But I think the point is important to be made, that in the middle of everything going on, as much as we can in a Jesus-centered community, let's show up. Can we do that, church? Show up. And if it isn't here, if it needs to be online or text or Zoom or whatever it is, just whatever. Get creative, but press in. Encourage one another even more as the day approaches. Amen? Amen. Okay, number two, moving right along. We celebrate our unity and diversity. In a Jesus-centered community, we celebrate unity and diversity. When we gather wherever it is, whenever it is, when we show up to be one another, aren't you thankful for the unity we have in Jesus that is so powerful to me, that because of Jesus, we are one in Christ, one in Christ. I love that. No matter where I am in the world, I, I love this feeling, that no matter where I am, no matter what country I'm in, I can join a community of believers who have been forgiven and set free by Jesus, and we can be united In our love for God, but also united in our love for one another, we are one in Christ. It happens every time I go to Ghana. I don't even speak their language, and yet in Jesus, we are one. Praise the Lord. That's a supernatural work of His Spirit, a work that only the Lord can do. In the book of Acts, this is recording the early history of the church, we're told in chapter 4 that all believers were one in heart, one in mind. Paul goes on in a couple of his letters, 2 Corinthians 13, he says, be of one mind. Philippians 2, he says, being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit, one mind. Ephesians 4, this is incredible. He says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Have you ever had to do that before? Bear with another person in love? Praise the Lord. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. By the way, I'm so proud of you. I am proud of you, church, because I see your effort. You are making the effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Praise the Lord for each one of you. Praise the Lord. But listen to what he says. There is one body, there is one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. So we're called to be one in Christ, a unity in Christ. But then I heard a preacher say this, that oneness doesn't mean sameness. Right? And that's good. That's a good thing. There's diversity in our unity. I'm so thankful for diversity. That means we have different thoughts on issues. We have different opinions. We have different preferences. We have different likes. We have different dislikes. I like cilantro. Cilantro. Some of you can't stand cilantro. Or we're going to get even spicier here. I like the show called The Office. Some of you didn't know you could even be a Christian and like The Office. But I think it's funny. It's hilarious. See, some of us like country music. Some of us like rap music. We're just different, right? Some of us like skinny jeans. Some of us like holy jeans, Braden Berggren. We're united, but we're different. You see this diversity, I think, in the various giftings and abilities. Aren't you thankful that we're united, but we have different abilities, different skill sets? I love a couple of different times in the Bible. In Ephesians, it says that Christ gave Himself, gave the apostles, there's prophets, there's evangelists, pastors, teachers, all to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up. Here's a great passage that uh, Pastor Rich Taylor actually uh, taught on in one of our Next Level classes. But listen to this. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same functions, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesying, prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give that encouragement. If it's giving, give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. That passage, it just makes me happy. Doesn't that just make you happy? It makes me happy. This is when church is so fun. This is when church is so exciting. Because now each of us has a different part to play in the body of Christ. Each of us, each one may different but each one having a different part and all parts are needed. I love it. It's one body with many parts. So we're united not because we're carbon copies of each other, but we're united why? Because of Jesus. Anybody got Jesus in them today? That's our unity. It's in Jesus. Our anchor is in Jesus. Our solid rock is Jesus. The glue that holds this whole thing together. It ain't me. <laughs> It's Jesus, 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 Jesus. Our common identity, our common purpose, it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We're a community. We're a gathering of people unlike anywhere else. A gathering of people who all have the common characteristic that is Jesus. Isn't that good? United in Christ, but diverse in Christ, I think you see this diversity as you look at the global church, and uh, even now, I still, on a daily basis, I get to talk to some of the churches in Ghana, and and I love how each local congregation all over the world has its own flavor, right? Has its own style. Each one very unique, very special, and diverse in its own way. I love Lifespring. I, I love Lifespring, but Lifespring, we're just one little part. Now, it's a unique and special part, but just a part of a much larger community that God is building. And we have a part to play, but it's just a part. And so we celebrate, don't we? We celebrate the diversity found in the global body of Christ. Think about it. Just even now, today on this wonderful day we call Sunday. Different races, different languages, different countries, different cultures, again, all praising the Lord. And we thank God that we're united with them, but also we can thank God that there's a diversity in our unity. That's one of the reasons, by the way, and you guys know my heart. If you've been here at all, you know my heart on this. That is one of the reasons we try so very hard. I mean, I work hard at trying to partner with other churches in our community. If at all possible, we're going to champion what God is doing in and through other congregations. That, by the way, maybe don't look or sound exactly like us. This also means we're going to speak well of other churches in our community. I want to say that again. We are going to speak well of other churches in our community. We're going to celebrate them. We're going to celebrate what God is doing in the churches in Ghana, but we're also going to celebrate what God is doing at Mission Woods and my friend Pastor John at Mission Woods Presbyterian. And we're going to celebrate what God is doing at North Hill Seventh-day Adventist and that God would provide a shepherd for them as my friend is moving down to Oregon. We're going to pray for our friends over at Faith Family Assembly of God that God would continue to do a powerful work through them. We're going to celebrate Integrity Life, the church that we rent from, and we want God's very best for Integrity Life. And the style of worship might look different in each one of these communities, but we're going to take great joy. We're going to delight In the reality that we are spiritually united with every Bible-believing, Jesus-following congregation. And we're going to, I love it, Mary, we're going to link arms. We're going to stand side by side with them. That is our passion, celebrating our diversity, but also our unity at the same time. Don't you love that about a Jesus-centered community? Fires me up. Fires me up. Remember this in your own life. Remember this in your own life. This is so good. Being united in Christ doesn't mean that you have to be like everybody else. Being united, being one in Christ doesn't mean you have to be like Pastor Dan. Can someone say, Praise the Lord? I can only handle one of me. <laughs> I mean, geez, take it down a notch. But praise the Lord, right? That's a freeing thought, isn't it? You don't have to be. Like anybody else. Ryan, the Lord has made you in such a beautiful, powerful, special, unique way. I am so thankful that you are free to be the man of God that God has called you to be. Be unleashed and released onto this world in the name of Jesus. Aren't you thankful, church? It's a freeing thought. Celebrate who you are in Christ. Celebrate how he designed you. Celebrate how he made you to be. But by the way, that also means everybody else doesn't have to be like you. That one's a little bit harder. But we got to make room for other people's preferences, opinions, their likes, their dislikes. Cilantro on a good street taco is amazing. Put a little lime juice on there. We got to cel- celebrate. They're not like you, but come on, what's our unity? It's not cilantro. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. So, again, in a Christ centered unity, we celebrate diversity. Third one, I'm going to wrap up with this. In a Jesus-centered community, we learn how to love. We learn how to love. Real love, by the way, is real hard. It's hard. We're in a society right now that when things get relationally, relationally hard, we bail. Maybe it's because we're all just a little relationally exhausted, right? It's an exhausting season in many ways. But as a culture, we're just getting really good at leaving. And none of us are immune to that. I mean, even in church, I'm sure we've all had the thought of throwing in the towel. I mean, this exhausters like, you know, I just I tried, but I'm calling it quits. I, I gotta move on. But in a Jesus centered community, one thing I've learned, I've learned how to stay. And that's hard sometimes. But I've learned how to stay. Even this week, I've learned. How to wrestle through awkward conversations. I've learned in the church how to walk through hurt feelings. It's in the church that you and I learn how to be peacemakers. That doesn't come naturally. Have you not, I mean, just look at our world. It doesn't come naturally. But in the church, I'm learning how to be a peacemaker. In the church, I'm learning how to be patient. I'm learning how to be forgiving. And this is where I'm learning how to love. Now, by the way, I'm not saying there aren't times or valid reasons to leave. Sometimes you just got to go for one reason or the other. I mean, we know that, right? There false doctrine, spiritual manipulation, unhealthy. Lead. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why you just got to go. But also, man, in my life, I'm not like advising this on anybody, but in my life, there's been situations, there's been times when I just know God is calling me to stay and be a part of the solution. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? And that's a, like, God's like, no, you have not been released. But I get it. Again, sometimes you just feel in your spirit, i got to get out of here. And, and that happens, and, and I understand that. But again, I'm thankful that it's in the church where I've learned that when things get hard, and sometimes they get hard, it's right there when things are tough, when it feels dark. It's right there. Don't you just love the Holy Spirit? It's right in that moment where the desperation is so intense, and yet you feel the Holy Spirit and Jesus giving you this sacred opportunity to grow And to go deeper in your love for one another. Grow deeper in the ability to forgive each other, deeper in your ability to show grace and kindness. To each other. You learn how to walk in the things of God. And and here's the deal. When I've messed up, which I have, the church has been this beautiful place where I've learned how to say, you know what, I messed up. I'm so sorry. But I've received that grace and that forgiveness and love from other people. And then it's in the church that I've been able to do that same thing for others. And again, it's all because of Jesus. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? Here's what Jesus says. He goes, a new command I give to you. Love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. There's just a terrifying absence of godly love in our world today. terrifying, terrifies me when I see people who are Christian in name but not Christian indeed. It's terrifying to me, terrifying, and yet Paul. Listen to what he says. He, it must have been going on back then too. Because look what he says. He says the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out. Or you will be destroyed by each other. we got to remember who we are. We're, we're Christians. We do not... Bite and devour each other. We love each other. I'm so thankful for you, Lifespring. You chose to love each other. My mom would always tell us as a kid that happiness is a choice. But she'd also say love is a choice. Just like you choose to be in community, you choose to show up, you also choose to love. And also, I just want to say thank you for choosing to love me. I mean, I get it. There's times when it's hard. But thank you. Thank you for pushing into this community and not pulling away. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, what does that look like? What does that look like in your life? I guarantee you, every one of you, every person in this room, you who have been a part of a church for more than a day, there has been some kind of hurt or wound that has come from that church community, right? I mean, I have a long list just like you, and it is extremely painful. But how do we walk forward? How do we move forward? How do we move forward in such a way where the devil doesn't win? Right? How do you move forward in a way where we don't let him convince us to just stay at home? How do we press forward? God loves the church. Jesus loves the church. Christ loves the church. Right? Ephesians tells us Jesus loves the church so much. He loves the church so much. Ephesians tells us that he died for the church. If Christ loves the church, then so should we. And by the way, this also means, and I think this is extremely important, it matters how we talk about Jesus' body, talk about the church, when we aren't gathered together as the church. Right? So it matters how I talk about the church when I'm with my family, or when I'm with my friends, or if I'm at work. You guys have a real world, right? You're not like here all the time. You have a real world around real people. It matters how you're talking to your friends, your family, your, your, your employees, your employer. As an ambassador, right, as an ambassador for Christ and for his body, your words matter. My words matter. I love what Kyla said. She, we were talking about the church the other day, and I, I love what she said. We, we were talking about in, in, in the church, and she said, Dan, the church is full of God's kids. God's kids. Us. The children of God. And she said, sometimes in today's culture, we only talk about the negative things about the kids, Right? About the people who make up the church. Only highlighting what's wrong. And she was telling me, she said, how silly that is. She just said, "Damn, that's silly. She said, can you imagine if a parent, when introducing their child to somebody else, they only mentioned everything that was wrong with their child? Only their flaws? Only their failures? She said, you would never do that. In the Birch family, we would never do that yes our kids are not perfect but when we speak about them to others we speak well of our kids we highlight how much we love them and how proud we are of them and so when you and i are talking about god's kids right god's people the people who make up the church when we're talking with others our our passion our heart should always be to talk well about his kids does that make sense I mean, it's easy to highlight the negative. And I'm not saying there isn't a time and place to address some of the negative. But may it be our goal, our passion, full of God's love and grace, as much as possible, to speak well of each other. Speak well of His kids. I just love what you said. It's so powerful to me. Amen. So again, church, we're better together. So let's keep showing up. Let's strive for unity while celebrating diversity And let's continue to learn to grow in our love for God and one another. Like you said, may the world know that we are Christians by our love. I want to invite the worship team back up. And I also just want to say this. As your pastor, thank you for choosing to be a part of this community. This is crazy to me, but I have been here now for almost 12 years. Wow. Wow. That is incredible to me. But I want you to hear this. It has been my joy to be your pastor. Interesting enough, a couple of you have asked me lately if I plan on staying. And I'm, yeah, you're laughing. Why are you laughing? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I I just want you to hear this. I'm always open to what the Lord has for me and my family. But Mary and I enjoy being your pastors. This is a fruitful place. We love what God is doing. There's evidence of the fruit of life spring, not just here, but all over this world. It's my honor to be your pastor. I love serving as your pastor. I just say let's continue to press into this community. Let's see what happens. I am confident without a shadow of a doubt. I'm confident that God wants to do more in us and through us than we could possibly think Or imagine all according to His power that is at work within us. So would you bow your heads and let's pray. Lord, I thank you for LifeSpring. I love this place, but God, you love it even more. You love these people. And just as you didn't shame or condemn me when I was walking through my addiction in college, you do not shame or condemn anyone here as we walk through what we're walking through right now. God, because of your Son, we are forgiven. We are set free. We are made new. We are born again. Right now, we are made white as snow because of the blood that covers and takes away our sins. We thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. We thank you that because of Jesus and his death on the cross, that, Father God, when you see us, you see your son. You see his righteousness, his perfection. And we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done on that cross. We thank you that church is not our idea. It's your idea. We didn't come up with this. God, you love your church. You love it when people gather in the name above all names. We thank you that by your Holy Spirit, you meet with us every time that we gather. Lord, would you continue to give us a brave boldness to show up? Because there's a lot of reasons to not show up. But, Lord, would you encourage us even more as that day approaches to gather together, to meet with one another, to encourage each other, to pray for each other, to link arms with one another. Lord, I thank you that this room, there's a unity in Christ. There's a power of being one in you, Jesus. But I thank you that none of us are the same, that each one is uniquely made, beautifully, fearfully, wonderfully made. Thank you, Jesus, that even as we're united, each of us are free to play the part that you've called us to play in this body. Right now, as I'm praying, Lord, for anyone who feels or they're just wondering what their part might be, would you begin to just speak your purpose and your meaning over their hearts? Would you begin to minister to them, Lord? Even now, I just pray, I just feel in my heart that the Lord wants to give somebody in here a dream, a new dream. And I I just pray that it would be a God-sized dream, impossible on your own, but possible in the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you do that right now, Lord? And God, I thank you for your love, and that as you have loved us, we will love one another. And in church, I have learned how to love. Without you, Jesus, I'm so selfish. I am so easily just addicted to me, myself, and I, and my wants, and my desires, and my preferences, and what I want, and what I think should happen. And yet... Lord, in the church community, I've learned how to humble myself, how to take a lower position of serving one another instead of lording power over others. Lord, show us how to humble ourselves, how to take up the basin and the towel, to wash each other's feet, to take care of one another, that when one is hurting, we could hurt with them. When one is rejoicing, we could rejoice with them, but that we would walk every step of the way with our family. I thank you for this wonderful group of people. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I know we already prayed it, but I want to pray it again. Would you come in healing right now over your people? Over that diagnosis that they got this week, that there would be healing. There would be a new diagnosis that says, healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I also just sense, Lord, you're telling me there's someone in this room right now that there's a little seed that has been planted of dissension between you and one of your biological family members, and that you are afraid that it's going to blossom and explode into something really big. And so, Lord, I just feel like you want that person to hear that you see that. You see that little crack. It feels like there's a crack in that relationship. And so, God, would you mend that right now? That that doesn't have to get any larger or bigger. And, and Lord, you and your wisdom, would you just begin to speak to that person, maybe some next steps that they can take, that that fissure would not turn into a division, but it would be healed and mended. I see just a beautiful, sweet mending of that fissure, and that it would be restored again. Just restore that, Lord. Restore that relationship. Right now, Lord, we just say that you would restore that relationship in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray right now, we just pray that LifeSpring, as we celebrate 20 years in just a couple of weeks, we pray that this would be your place, that this would be your community. Lord, people gather all over this world for a lot of different reasons. But so many of those reasons are pretty superficial and shallow. But we gather in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we know that the next 20 will be better than the first. Lord, that you are moving forward and your plans and your purposes for this community. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. amen, amen. Praise the Lord.